1: Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast Preview Show. Uh, number 803, our little Friday evening soiree to get you all in the mood for the game at the weekend, which, of course, uh, tomorrow lunchtime is a visit up to Ellen Road, Uh, something that we've not done in the league for a considerable amount of time and is something that we very much like to do. So a bit sad that we can't go up there. But we did play them in the uh, the Capital One Cup a few years back, which was a great outing for all involved. And we walloped Dirty Leeds 5-1. And those cherished memories still linger very happily with us all. Anyway, I am Stanford Chich, as you will probably know by now. Um the fine young man down to my bottom left is of course Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Oh, I thought it was gonna be Dane. Okay, thanks very much. I no, love Liam. No, fine and young, thank no you. I'm 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 full of I'm full of magnan- magnanimity tonight, if I could even say it. Yeah, you said it well, I think. Yes, it comes in a can about that big, you know, anyway. Well, we digress. It's a beer, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it should be a beer. Anyway, good to see J.K. as always. We have fun on Monday. I'm looking forward to tonight, of course, as ever. Uh, we've got uh, the next, the next, uh, the next person in the, ch- the Chidge Squad rotation is the wonderful Dane Whittle.
2: Yeah, hello, evening, everyone. It's nice to be back where my bread is buttered.
1: So. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I had a dig at you, indeed, didn't I?
2: Yeah, I've had a few experiences away. Me and Dean done a that Chelsea podcast with uh, with Nick and, Nick and Jack. Jack, and that was a really good experience. And I've done a few with uh, Dean and...
1: Yeah, I know about that. I wasn't really having a dig at you and uh, and Dean so much. I was more just jealous that you had got on there before me. Because those I, think we, those I think
2: we know when you're having a dig, because you make it more blatant than anything. So don't worry. Well, that's you. True. No, I, I don't really no hold offense. back. I
1: don't really hold back, yeah. do I? No. But if, I, as it but, happens, no, I am on. The, I am on the. It's what's it called? The Chelsea that Chelsea the, podcast.
2: That Chelsea podcast. Yeah. Yeah. With, uh, Nick, Nick and Jack and as uh, two good boys. Yeah. yeah
1: as, really good as Al Murray movies. used to say, proper English names. I'm going to say that mm-hmm. to, to them tomorrow because I'm actually on after the league's match oh, with them tomorrow. Good, good. So there you good. go. So they they clearly realised how cross I was, that they asked you and Dean before me. So there you go. I did
2: throw it in after I left. I did put a message in saying, you know, I can tell Chid, you know, we, it would, he wants to come on and yeah. put a good word in. and
1: I'll be nice to them, don't worry. Now, uh, of course, always on a Friday night, we get one of our journalist friends. And I, I, would, I think it's safe to say that Liam is probably one of our favourite journalist friends. He's certainly one of our oldest journalist friends in the sense that we've known him the longest, not that he is in fact the oldest. Because there is nobody older than me and J.K. Everybody knows that. Uh, Liam, as always, Liam Toomey from the Athletic. Lovely to see
3: you. Yeah, I saw off Ollie harbor didn't I? For the title <laughs> of the oldest journalist.
1: <laughs> it's a good question, actually. I'm trying to think who's the oldest journalist we've ever had on the Chelsea Fancast, and my guess would be
3: Rob Shepherd.
4: I was going to say your West Ham friend. Yeah, yeah. Rob,
1: dear old yeah. Rob. Rob, Rob's about the same age as me, so he's not actually that old, but. Uh, he
4: sounded old, though, didn't
1: he? Yeah, because sounds... Martin, even Martin Lipton's younger than me, which is appalling to know, but there you go. Bloody hell. I know, I know. Martin's lovely. I spoke to Martin the other week. for another... Anyway, we digress. Right, uh, first part, part one, as always, we have a journalist on. So really what we want to talk about is the Chelsea News this week. And I've kind of dressed it up really under the guise of a lot of stuff that's been coming out of The Athletic. It'd be rude not to with Liam on the show. And and there was an article, um, I think you were involved in this one, actually, you were not right? you? really talking about Havertz. Uh, being a a, you know something of a false nine I mean Tuchel was referring to him as a nine and a half I don't know why that always reminds me of Fellini's eight and a half which is a very (laughs) a very wonderful 60s film if you are a a film sued which I was in a former life I'm no longer a film sued JK it's
4: actually completely incomprehensible but a wonderful film
1: a bit like Andre Tarkovsky but Italian Yeah, let's no, let's not go down this rabbit hole, J.K. Because we will lose the one or two listeners that we have. Um, Yeah, so Havertz as the nine and a half mate. You, you did write about this,
3: didn't you, Liam? I did. Sorry, I thought I'd gone into Kermode and Mayo's film (laughs) review show for for a second. (laughs) We could have done it. Um, (laughs) Brilliant. But but yeah, um, I did write this piece. It proved to be quite well timed because it was about a week before Tuchel actually did it. But he was talking about it quite a lot. Um, the possibility of playing Havertz as a, a false nine and having him being the, the kind of focal point of the attack. And, of course, we saw it against Everton. I, th- I thought it worked really well. Yeah. Um, I, I thought he, I mean, he's got the height and the sort of positional instincts in the, in the opposition area to, to act like a true nine when when the team requires him to. And he's got really, really good instincts for finding space and attacking areas at the right time, which we saw for the opening goal. Um, but he's also got the abilities of a midfielder in that position where he can drop deep, link play, um, pick incisive passes. I thought against Everton for the first time, we saw a little bit of his strength, which I don't think we've seen a ton of, his, of in the Premier speed, League so far. His speed, I thought he was yeah. much
4: quicker than we've seen him before. Much quicker.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people, because of the sheer size of him, um, underestimate how fast he is. I don't think he's got the acceleration of a Timo Werner, but his top speed when he gets there is is really really good. Um, it's a bit
1: like my old BMW. <laughs> Anybody and would so, I mean it used to get burned off naught to 60 by Citroen 2CVs but once
3: you got it up to 90 it would just keep going. Wonderful. In its element.
1: In its element exactly.
3: Yeah, I mean I think I, I think we saw Havertz, his ability to drive with the ball and also run without the ball um, in transition and find good good spots in the penalty area. And I thought Chelsea's attack more generally looked as fluid as it has at any time since Tuchel took over. And I think Havertz was a big part of that because the combinations, the different combinations you can have with the way he plays the position with Hudson-Odoi and with Werner as well, I just think there was a bit more yeah, there was a bit more position changing, uh, a bit more space opened up and it, it worked really nicely against Everton. I'd, I'd expect Tuchel to, to certainly look at it again, if not stick with it for, for Leeds. I also
4: like the option of playing Odoi on the left, which I've always been mm. talking about in the back because he then cuts in and has a right foot shot, which he's pretty good at. But on the I right, think
3: Hudson-Odoi likes that as well.
4: But on the right... You've got if you've got James playing and you've got Havertz playing it, then gives a different. It's a different option, isn't it? You can't really play that way. So.
1: It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, Dane. I mean, J.K. and I talked a little bit about this on Monday, but you know, I think, I think this is the this is kind of like the the last frontier, really, for old Tommy T. How to get that right combination with the right combination of players and the right combination of system up front. And it, and I don't think it's it's necessarily that easy because you have got, I mean, we know Tammy's injured, uh, so not really available, and Giroud <clears throat> is one type of striker, Werner is one type of striker, so it, it it's quite a difficult uh, conundrum I think for him to sort out. But I'm I'm with Liam and, and J.K. I thought we did look a lot more fluid up front against a pretty nuggety, Everton side. So. You know, maybe he's 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 figuring out the right jigsaw pieces for that. I mean, Hudson-Odoi, as JK said, I think was instrumental in that as well.
2: Yeah, well, Havertz, Havertz did look really lively. You know, like Liam said, if you'd seen... I know, again, it's an old cliche, you know. Did you see Napoli play? Did you see Derby play? But, you know, I did see uh, uh, Kai play quite a few times with Leverkusen as that false nine. And he did look... Really good at it, and it always made me wonder if they really needed Giroud because him being such a big man himself, he could play that role. And I wondered early on how 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 long Giroud uh, would stay. But Giroud always seems to find his way back into the team team sometimes, you know, he's down. He's to a quality player, isn't he, mate? Yeah, but then then it, it, it's a bit harsh if he doesn't he will score, and if he doesn't score that next game, you won't see him for like three or four games. It's a it's a it's a recurring problem with him, but no, you're right. Uh, the way Kai was just coming deep and, and filling all those those pockets, as people like to say, was was they they couldn't pick him up. They were struggling to mark him. It, it really helped Callum, who I thought was quite unlucky to come off quite early. You know, he was finding some good areas. He did a great pass into Alonso for the goal, for the first goal, and uh, and Werner as well. Again, uh, yeah, another another one. He yeah, I know it's is one of. JK's prickly points but you know he's a trier he's a a, a team player he works hard but you know like we saw a lot under Frank he had two chances we expect a player of his class previous class to put away and he and he didn't and that's what people are going to notice yeah
1: they are aren't they I mean I think we're going to have a catchphrase on the fan cast from now on for JK which is don't mention Zaverna (laughs) no definitely not Uh, I'll tell you somebody who we should mention Liam and again you know you guys did a wonderful piece and again I think this was you actually but uh, after the Liverpool game uh, you eulogized Andreas Christensen and I think of all of the uh, players um, you know that have I mean I mean you could argue Rudiger and Aspie have had a bit of a You know, a second chance. But I mean, I have been particularly rude about Andreas Christensen, and I'm and I'm not usually rude about too many Chelsea players. To be fair to myself, but I really just thought this is this is not a Premier League defender. He is not a Premier League centre back, and boy, have I had to eat my words because I think he's been he's been not only has he been fantastic consistently as the centre of the three, but I mean. You know, I ha- I really didn't hold out a hope for him against Atletico Madrid. He was fantastic. He got rinsed by Liverpool a few years back. He was fantastic against them, although they're horribly out of form. He's, re- he's been absolutely brilliant, hasn't he?
3: Yeah, well, I think the first thing to say is I don't think we imagined it. His performance levels did dip. Um, and I think his confidence dipped significantly over the last couple of years. Um, but what we're seeing now is a return to what he did First of all, in two years on loan at Borussia Mönchengladbach, where he he established himself as one of the most exciting, coveted young defenders in Europe when he came back to Chelsea. And then when he broke into the team under Conte, and then again in the middle of a back three in place of David Luiz, um, I think it's pretty clear now that that's his best position. He's really comfortable with two centre-backs either side of him. He can see the whole game. He can bring the ball out um and i think he's got the comfort level on the ball of a midfielder of a, def- of a kind of defensive midfielder which is a position he played a lot in chelsea's academy i mean he can really see it
1: yeah and i mean they're all they're all i mean it still gives me the willies i have to say but i'm a bit old school but they are they are really playing out from the back and look much more comfortable doing so i i mean i don't know if you're at the were you at the presser today
3: I wasn't. No, oh, no. Okay. Um, I did see. I did see what Tuchel said.
1: But I well, yeah, because I was intrigued by one of the things that he said there. Because actually, I think it was it was Olivia Olivia Bazaglu, uh, bless her heart, asked a brilliant question, which was, you know, what happens when Silver's fit? You know, will how are you going to manage that? Will will Silver just come in and replace Christensen, or can Christensen play with Silver in a back four or a back three? And Tuchel basically said that. Silver for him is the centre back. He's the, he is the middle of the three. But he thinks that um, Christians can play either side of uh, Silver and in a back four. I, I'm not convinced by that. Where, where do you stand on it?
3: I don't necessarily think he can't. Um, I think what we've seen since Tuchel's come in is that a lot of what, for a lot of these players in the Chelsea squad, their success or failure depends very much on the structure that they're put in yeah. and the instructions that they're given. They can't, they're can they not going to be successful independent of those things. They're not just going to be, you're not just going to put them on the pitch and they're going to play really well. There are a few players that can can do that, but a lot of these Chelsea players need to be put in the right positions to succeed. Um, and that really is the art of coaching, you know, putting players in positions where their strengths matter most and their weaknesses matter least. And, um, I think this is Christensen's best position, but I, I don't necessarily think that there's no possible way he couldn't play in a back four, in a two-call-back four, or in a, a 2 three, provided the structure around him made enough sense that he had enough protection and enough passing options when he was on the ball that he wouldn't get caught out. It makes sense that Silver is only really the middle of the three at this point because he's 36. You know, you, I think the the guys on either side probably have a little bit more ground to cover, pu- pulling wide, and you you probably don't want Silver doing that at this stage of his career. Um,
1: and and yet the interesting thing is, I mean, I'm I'm in the in the process of writing a piece myself. I've done some homework, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I know be, for the money they pay me, that's way above and beyond the call of duty, but. I've basically worked out the number of minutes played by every player that's played under Tuchel this season, and what is really interesting at the top of the list uh, are Aspillaqueta and Rudiger. Um, I mean, Aspi's only—I mean, he's played ninety minutes of every match, bar the Barnsley match where he was on the bench. Um, so, you know, when you—I think, I think, I think that Tuchel's got a bit of a defender conundrum. Or, or has he got a delightful situation where he has lots of players that can come in because James can play in Aspie's place. He thinks that uh, Christensen can play either side of the three. Zuma came in uh, the other day and did really, really well. So maybe, you know, in a position that we've been really vulnerable in recently, maybe it's reappeared as a position of strength.
4: He said today that the squad was perfect. The size of the squad was perfect, he said in the presser because he was being asked whether he thought they were yeah. players who wouldn't get an option. I think particularly with Pulisic, who I thought he had a very ambiguous, circuitous answer to whether, how, whether Pulisic will get in the side or not. But I wonder at the moment whether, in fact, Silva's injury, because he's been injured again, he's got the same problem, is actually a, a slight advantage for yeah. him, because he's not then having to make that decision.
1: Dane?
2: Yes, it's funny. You know, we talk about Christensen and his performances and what we've seen. As Liam said, we've seen we've seen him brilliantly under Conte, and he did have a dip of a few years. It's, it's funny how many people rate him highly. Uh, there was, you know, a, a couple of people was 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 trying to come with the rumor with regarding Frank that he rated Christensen highly, but he just didn't feel he had the uh, the correct centre back to pair up with him. That's why he wanted that Tarkovsky sort of style. Uh, British not, not Andre
1: you know. Tarkovsky for avoidance of doubt, <laughs> yeah. Not, no yeah, up, no random chickens in the back four, I tell
2: you <laughs> that sort of style you know, that sort of a backbone to play with a ball playing center back like Christensen, possibly in a four. And I suppose his other wish was rice in, in front of him, so you'd have a good, uh, quite a good backbone. But so many people are right, Christensen Guardiola's a massive fan of him, mm. and we all know what we can do because, as Liam said, we've seen it. Mm.
1: Sorry, we've got we kind of asked you three questions in one there, Liam, but just pick it up wherever you like.
3: Yeah, I think I, I think you hear this no matter who you talk to in football, um, that Christensen is really highly rated across Europe. And if, if Chelsea ended up in a position where they either wanted to sell him or or felt compelled to sell him because of his contract situation or he wanted to go, I don't think they'd be short of um suitors for him. Because I, th- I think he's been really highly rated ever since his academy career. Um, he, he's probably, you look at the style of centre-back he is, he might even be better suited to Italy or Spain where you're not going up against bruising centre-forwards every single week. And, and there is more of an emphasis on you know, just what you can do with the ball and, uh, and maybe a slightly slower pace as well. But he's proving that he can do it in the yeah. Premier League in, I mean, in the right context.
1: Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin are no, no, uh, no. wimps, and he, and he was fine against them. So hopefully, you know, maybe he's just growing into it. Listen, last thing I really wanted to have a chat with you about, and actually J.K. and, and Dan, I think, both alluded to it. But, you know, whilst there have been some huge beneficiaries of Tuchel coming in, uh, there have been some what I've called unchosen men a little reference to Sharp there. But, I mean, you know, top of the list, really, you know, is Pulisic, who, uh, up till now, I mean, he, he comes on occasionally, you know, for like 20 minutes here and there. I mean, he's played 216 minutes in 11 games. Um, he's certainly somebody who I wonder, you know, what's really, really going on on with him or for him. Tammy, I think, is a bit of an outlier, actually. Everybody seems to think that Tammy's got the hump, maybe because of the Harlem mm-hmm. rule. He's injured. Yeah, well, exactly. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. A lot of people think that it's because he's got uh, Harland uh, kind of anxiety, Harland-induced anxiety. But we don't know if that's going to happen. But as, as J.K. was saying, he, he's been injured. He's got this ankle issue, which Tuchel fessed up to today. Um, so I think maybe really it's Pulisic is the issue. Do you think it's an issue
3: or is this a load of old hogwash? Well, we've actually written about Tammy today. Um, and we're writing about Pilkert over the weekend uh, about their their various situations. Um, I think this, you know, Tuchel's gone to great lengths to to talk like a company man about the players that he's inherited, and mm. you know, calling the squad perfect. But this really is the proof that the squad size isn't perfect. It's too big. It was too big for Lampard. It's too big for Tuchel. It's probably only about two or three players too big, but that creates a number of problems that you wouldn't have with a slightly smaller group. And, um, and when, you've, when you've got a system like this where Tuchel is clearly prioritising the defensive solidity and there are more defensive spots in the team than attacking ones, um, that means that all of the attackers that Chelsea have are suddenly competing for three, maybe even two spots if he plays with a proper number nine. I think Pulisic has been the big victim of Tuchel prioritising um, Werner. In, in, in his first few weeks, because that position on the left of the three is the one that Pulisic would be playing if he was on the pitch. But what's interesting about the Pulisic situation is that he's one of the only players who had a pre-existing relationship with Tuchel. He played under him at Dortmund. And interestingly, at Dortmund, he often played off the bench. Um, and so you have to wonder whether Tuchel still sees him that way. Or would he rate? Right. Um, Yeah, or or, well, I mean, maybe he does rate him, but maybe he only rates him in that context of an impact sub. I mean, that's what that seems to be the implication of what he said so far. We know that Pulisic certainly doesn't see himself that way. And I think, I think Pulisic would probably argue that he's developed considerably as a player since leaving Dortmund as well, especially when you look at what he did towards the end of last season. He played like an emerging Premier League superstar. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, And that is certainly the player that he sees himself being. You know, so um, so I think that that that's the difficulty, and that's probably the source of frustration in that situation. There are plenty more games to come, so you know what what could be quite a fraught situation right now could could actually sort itself out or resolve itself in the next few weeks if Tuchel gets another injury or two, um, suddenly Pulisic gets a run of games and and hits his stride as he did for Lampard things look very different but I, ju- I just think the way the squad is right now we will be in a situation where we can have these conversations about different players every two or three weeks because there, there will be one or two names that are at the rough edge of it at any given time because T- Tuchel just can't play all of them.
4: Mm-hmm. I got the impression today from the press conference that he actually was just saying he's not quite delivering in training so...
3: Yeah, well, that's it. That, I mean, that's kind of interesting because everything we hear about Pedic is that he's a consummate professional in terms of the way that he works, the way he applies himself. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't throw strops. He doesn't feel sorry for himself. He, when he, when he has a, the the only time I've seen him angry really uh, is when he got that hamstring injury in the warm up at Brighton. He was just frustrated at his own body that he, you know, he, he'd missed the golden opportunity to play. I think that that's the thing he's most frustrated about is when his body lets him down but um I haven't got the sense that he's responded badly to coaching decisions whether it be whether it be Lampard or Tuchel I don't think he's taken any of it um to heart he's he's just been more determined to try and prove himself
1: well as you said Liam there's 10 matches to go so we shall see I mean I I, I mean you know I, I would hate to see
3: Pulisic go actually I think he's a super player when's your piece coming out on him sometime this weekend uh, we're, I think we're planning to write it as the match piece for Leeds. It's actually Dom Fyfield, oh, my, right my, my excellent colleague, who'll be taking the lead on it. But there's a few of us that have worked worked mm. on it, so that, that that should be the piece I think around Leeds. Excellent. Um, the the Tammy piece will be up tomorrow.
1: Brilliant. Okay, well look out for that, people. Send my best to Dom as well, won't you? He's a fine gentleman. Even if he's a Palace fan, he's still a fine gentleman. He's he's very. He's been on this show, funnily enough. Dear old He's Don. one of the
3: best men I know.
1: He's lovely, a really lovely bloke. Uh, you are a lovely bloke too, Liam. We love seeing you. Always a pleasure. Uh, thank you very much for, uh, for spending some time with us. And hopefully we will... Well, we will see you, actually. We're going to see you, I think, on the international break Monday when we're going to do a Q&A, which will be a real giggle. There you go, people. You'll have somebody intelligent to ask questions of. How lucky you are! And we'll we'll just sit here and have a beer or Much two. Much more listen.
4: informed than you are. Absolutely.
1: I. Oh, well, it wouldn't be hard, mate. Let's be fair. Uh, Liam, lovely to see you, my friend. We will see you again, as I said, at the end of March. And uh, enjoy the game tomorrow.
3: Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. We will.
1: Lovely. There you go, Liam fine, Toomey, yeah. the, uh, the fine Cheers. Liam Toomey from the uh, from the Athletics. So don't forget to check out. Uh, Liam's uh, pieces that are coming out this week end, and uh, we're going to have a quick break. And then when we come back, we will have an old friend of ours from Friday Nights, in Love Sport Towers, the lovely John Mackenzie from uh, All Stats. Aren't we? We'll be back in a sec. Real fans, real opinions.
5: I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels.
3: FootballFancast.com.
1: Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast Friday night preview show. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge, and I have the effervescent Mr. Jonathan Kidd, of course. Lovely word to describe me. Whoop. Mm, There we go. It's all those vitamin C with zincs you drink, mate. That's what it is. You know. I know. I know you. I know you. Uh, We've also got the lovely Dame Whittle on with us tonight. Evening, everyone. There you go. The king of the Chelsea Fancast Instagram. Has anything been happening on the Chelsea Fancast Instagram account recently?
2: No, no, no. Still, still, you know, really good interaction with, with, with certain people. I'd love to name them all, but I ain't got time to name all six of them. And, uh, but apart from that, yeah, no, no, it's uh, it, it's really fun, you know, talking to all, different people all over the globe. And uh, as I said, it, it's lovely and it'll be nice to meet up with everyone, you yeah. know, when they, especially the Americans who do the trips over here, you know, for yeah. the seasonal games. That'd be
1: looking forward to that. Um, now, I have a lovely, uh, lovely, well, an old friend of ours, as I said, we used to see him uh, of, of a 3D neat uh, in Love Sport Towers. Uh, we've got the lovely John McKenzie back for this. The Opposition View. Hello, chaps. There you go. Opposition View with Mr. John McKenzie of All Stats, Aren't We? How the devil are you, John? Now, the last time we spoke to you, obviously, uh, was um, a watermark in, in Chelsea's season. We beat you lot 3 1. It was absolutely bloody marvellous and wonderful. We were top of the league for about an hour and a half. Uh, and we, we thought that Jonathan said we weren't going to lose another match all season. And here we are again, three months later. Poor old Frank Lampard is crying. You'll be delighted to know, um and we've got tommy T and we haven 't lost a match since it's what a, what a, how bonkers is football You must be happy though you must be happy uh, we're always happy, John, you know us,
5: <laughs> but yeah, he's been remarkable hasn't he and yeah. um uh, i've been i've i've enjoyed having him in the Premier League actually i've watched pretty much every game that you've played with him as your manager um just because I was kind of interested to see to see what he is. And he's very different from what I remember him being. You know, he, he's a far cry from the the sort of gung-ho football that was being played at Borussia Dortmund. He's now become very much patient, progressive um, possession play. And, uh, you know, we'll win by not conceding any goals and making sure we get one at the other end. So, yeah, pretty different stuff from, from what Frank Lampard was giving you.
1: Yeah. Uh, some would say dull, John, but not me, not me. Winning is never dull. That's the thing. <laughs> you see, because the thing is, we were schooled in a sense uh, by the uh, the Portuguese George Graham, also known as Jose Mourinho, you know, who mm. would shut up shop at 2-0 after 20 minutes and we could go and have, go and have a pint in the pub knowing we would win. It'd be fantastic. So I don't mind that. Uh, anyway, we're here to talk about Leeds from your perspective. Um, I feel really awful asking you this question, but it is a song that we, we do sing occasionally. Uh, sadly, not that often recently, but have Leeds fallen apart again? I mean, it, this is a bit of a Bielsa trait, isn't it? You get to this stage of the season and you kind of run out of gas. Is that's what is that what's happening?
5: I don't think I would necessarily go uh, with that. I think that what we've done very well I'm this really season... I'm really not surprised to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I think what we've done very well this season is we've beaten the teams that we need to beat and we've uh, you know lost the teams that we weren't supposed to beat and I think if you if you actually look at uh, a lot of the underlying numbers, it's really fascinating because you can see that we're quite competitive up to a point and then we come up against teams like Chelsea, come up against teams like Manchester United who when you play uh, a man-marking system you, you go up one for one and um, Against opposition players, when they have quality of player much better than your average player, they can they can turn you over quite comfortably, and um, I think that's been the case really. With I mean, the Chelsea game is, is a is a case in point. I, I think um the the sort of tactics that that someone like Frank Lampard was playing or someone like um Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was playing they tend to be a little bit more uh, chaotic the teams that, that, that they were playing and i think that worked really well against against us and um so it, it's it's weird because it's it, i think in the premier league you expect narratives to be built in terms of form so you'll say this team's winning quite a bit at the moment so they're in good form this team's losing quite a bit at the moment so they're in bad form and I think Leeds have been quite up and down in that respect we've we've I mean I know we're on a bit of a losing run at the moment but for the rest of the season we've won a couple we've lost a couple it's kind of gone that way all the way through and um yeah I think we're we're sort of Relegated to the fact that we're going to be in twelfth place ish by the end of the season, and to be honest with you, I'm quite pleased because uh, you know there was no say that we would necessarily be comfortable uh, at this point in the season. So yeah, I'm 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 fine really.
1: Yeah, I mean, was there? I mean, I mean, look, I I know that there's a huge enmity between between Leeds and Chelsea, and and long may that last. But mm. you know, Leeds are a big club, whatever we we might like to think. Is the, is there an expectation to do better? And I mean, you've got Bielsa. Bielsa is one of the most lauded managers in the game. Is there an expectation to do better?
5: I think on the far part of the fan base, the part of the issue is that we dropped out of the Premier League at a point when we'd been regularly getting in and around European places. And I think the expectation from the fan base was, oh, we'll just get back into the Premier League and assume our rightful position in the top four. Um And I think, you know, when you when you take a squad of players who are mid table in the championship and then get them to mid table in the Premier League, the assumption is, well, that upward trajectory is just going to continue forever. I think there's going to be a rude awakening for a lot of the fans when we become, I think, a very comfortable mid table side, right? There's only so much you can do as a as a Premier League side without having loads of money available to you. And we're just I don't think we're really going to have that. So and and even if you do, you know, you're still way, way behind the curve in terms of what the the big six can do. Um, there's there's also i mean how many clubs have, have ever really broken into that maybe leicester city a team that we're looking at potentially doing that um yeah and they've 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 had the money they've had the 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 benefit of actually winning the league out of nowhere and then having the champions league money coming through a little bit as well so i think that we've just got to accept that we are going to become a team where i think the 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 sort of ceiling at, at least at this point is going to have to be a team who can finish in the top half of the table and then chip away at the european spots and maybe get in every Once in a while, and I think a lot of Leeds fans expect more. And I think there will be some kind of uh, fallout at some point when fans realise that it isn't quite as as simple as that. But isn't that his reputation
4: though for actually making some players better than they originally were? So there is that. I think that goes hand in hand with Bielsa to an extent. Is that you? He he. It's you know, it's a it's a clough-like thing of being able to actually um, uh, um, trans transmute not very good players into excellent ones, which he has done with some some of the some of your players have just been uh, played out of their skins in comparison with how they were, were originally when they were in the championship. So I, I know that
5: you're going to mention Pat Bamford in I, a minute. Of course guys, I am. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well I think I think he's had a really good season. I think he's a uh, um he, he all the the, all, the gifts that he had have just been uh, we we have been seeing them. I think he's um he, he is he's a gifted center forward and I I think with even better service he'd do even better some of his ability to left foot right foot just pause and curl a ball in was uh, been very impressive and um and also he's he gets into really good positions and i was just yeah. thinking you know what might have been if somehow further down the line other other managers had, had appreciated what a competent player he was you know he was ridiculed
2: though jonathan weren't he as a, he was as a, pre- as a premier league player I, i'm sure before this season with Leeds, he didn't start one game in the Premier League and people just ridiculed him, just labelled him a, an average championship striker. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I
4: remember
2: yeah. Shearer pointed him out years ago at his forest days and said, this guy's going to have a big future. And Alan Shearer doesn't do that a lot. And although he maybe has not gone on to hit the heights that Shearer fought, you know, obviously we went and bought him. I think he had six loans in five seasons with us. But you know yeah so what is what is it your honest assessment on him then john because you know you're seeing now in his first proper season in the premier league him scoring goals what people doubted could ever happen
5: yeah he's been absolutely fantastic and he's so important for our team not just in terms of scoring goals but in terms of holding the ball up um and and helping the build up play in advanced areas and look we we're playing very different football from the football that we played in the last two seasons in the championship because we've gone from being one of the dominant sides if not the dominant side in those in those leagues in the extent that you know Manchester City are dominant in the Premier League now into playing a, a, a very different style of football where he does have to do a lot of hold-up play. He does have to um, have have a real patience compared to what we were doing in the championship. And I, there's just not many players I don't think he could play the way that he does in, in our system um, because he is expected to score goals, but he is expected to take pressure off. He is expected to help in build up in wide areas. He is expected to track back and, and and help out defensively as well. So he's been absolutely remarkable this season. And um, yeah, that, a lot of that is a testament to Bielsa.
4: Who are the other players who've come on? do You think in the uh, in the Premier League?
5: Luke Ayling has been has been fantastic. Um, you know, Luke Ayling is a uh, was a centre back that we bought from Bristol City for two hundred k back back. Four or five years ago now, and is now playing um, really well as a as a as a right back in in a, and playing as an aggressive right back no 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 less. Uh, he has played a bit of centre back this season as well. But we've got a number of players who just who, who are just exhausted. I think the the schedule has really put pay to a lot of players around around the league. And when you have a small squad like we do, uh, we are seeing players like Mateus Click who started off the season really well, sort of looking a little bit flat more more recently. Um, yeah but
1: uh, is, um, is is that down to the bills I mean because that's the point I was making earlier on John mm-hmm. is that you know his style of play takes a lot out of players and then when you factor in you know the ridiculous schedule that we've got is that a worry for you that you know from now shall we say you know to the end of the season that players are just going to be exhausted
5: I don't think any more so than than I guess that's an issue for for other teams I, I, I think just having watched Bielsa now for two seasons and before this one I've never really seen that we've had that kind of physical burnout. Um, I, I I think that
1: there's it's a bit of a myth then, yeah.
5: I think it is, yeah. I think it's, it's happened at it happened at Athletic Club in in Bilbao, um, but other than that, there's not really many examples of it. There's there's a there's the early example that's given of Newell's old boy, but old boys, but the, the, there's there's always weird like things that come into it. So that sometimes his teams will slump at the beginning of seasons uh, as well in, in this sort of way. And that, you know, after a summer, long summer break, that can't just be down to the 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 arduousness of a, of a season. So I think he works this, the team really hard. There's no doubt about that. And I think there, there can be no doubt that there's a, a level of emotional exhaustion that happens when you're expected to put the amount of, of, of time in the, that you are. I mean, the, the Stuart Dallas gave an interview to the Super 6 podcast last week and he was talking about how in the season, the the pre-season when Bielsa arrived, his wife was heavily pregnant and they were expected to turn up to Thorpe Arch, the training ground uh, on a Monday, do a double session in the morning, go to a nearby hotel, sleep, uh, and then do a double session in the afternoon, stay over at the hotel and do the same thing the next day before they were allowed to go home. And he contacted the the training staff and said, look, can I, in these breaks, can I go home rather than going to the hotel? And they were like, no, you've got to, you've got to really uh, put yourself through the the same system everyone else has been put through. And I think it's that kind of thing that on the one hand like when it works it's great and 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 they come out and they're like I've realized that my potential was much better than I ever thought it was but on the other hand I think there comes a point when when as soon as you, you know it, it does get hard work or you do get injured or you, you do start feeling a bit tired that can feel very like a very overwhelming system to be in as well so I think maybe that's not what worries me now, because I think the, the worry for me would have been like relegation. But you know, if it, if this happens the same way the beginning of next season and we start off badly, then I I, I, I sort of worry
1: about that kind of thing happening. Mm, well, uh, moving it on to tomorrow, the half twelve kickoff, of course. Um, I mean, last time round, I mean, it was re- really interesting because you know Frank really worked. He knew what you were going to do, and and he exploited that brilliantly. I thought you know we kind of went very counter attack and. Use the pace that we have up front, and uh, we actually had our shooting boots on that day. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't see Tuchel really doing anything different. Well, You can make a very good case that Tuchel's a far more, you know, tactically astute manager, perhaps, than Frank. So I can't see that he'll do anything different. Does that frustrate you as a Leeds fan, that, that, that Bielsa just kind of stubbornly refuses to change? He plays one way, and yet, when it works, it's absolutely brilliant. But on the other hand, when it when it gets worked out, you you get you get you get a few hidings yes yeah, it's, it's it's hard work
5: it certainly as a fan, but I think if you look at it in the long term sense for me i'm I'm kind of thinking we're playing good football now We're we're trying to play good football, and yes, sometimes we fall down at the level of personnel but the the plan has always been to fill in those personnel with improved players um, in in the next summer. And I would much rather be playing good football and then fill in the personnel to play it better than to do the sorts of things that other teams do. So, I mean, Sheffield United have played a a fairly uh, uh, defensive form of football um, since they've been in the premier league and it worked for them in the first season, but, the question then becomes, well, who do you bring in? Do you, just, do you bring in players to play defensive football or are you, are you simply playing defensive football because it suits the players that you've got? And the problem is, I think you reach a ceiling very quickly when you approach it that way. You you don't really give yourself any uh, attempt to, to do anything other than hope that you don't have a bad season and then drop down. Whereas I think the way that we're approaching it is, let's play progressive football. Yeah, we'll take hidings occasionally, but we'll beat Clubs like Newcastle, no problem in in two games. Uh, there will be there will be um, teams that, for example, Aston Villa, who we beat three uh, nil at their place when when we when we did it. There are going to be results like that, and the the feeling is is that when you bring in the that those sort of incrementally better players, then you. You start improving your results across the board, and 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 you're already in the right position to to be a better club in the top half. So I think, yeah, it's definitely tough. And you know, we no Leeds fan likes losing to Manchester United anyway, let alone six two. Um, so you you sort of have to take those on the chin. But I do how, think there's a there, how, d- there is definitely a feeling that this is in the long run going
1: to work out. How did you feel about losing to us three one?
5: yeah and the same obviously I, and with with frank lampard there's that added um, extra extra level but as you said you know lampard has played us many times before that and and in the championship he also got the better of him pretty much in three games of, well, four games of football, apart from one half. Um, and I think with the added, as we said before, you know, with the added quality of play he had available at Chelsea, he knew that he could do what he'd done, done in that second half in the in the playoff semifinals, um, the second leg, where he had players available to him like Harry Wilson and Mason Mount and knew that he could just sort of drag Leeds man markers around and cause a little bit of chaos. And, you know, that's exactly what he did. Like you said, he played the game well against us at, at, at um at Stamford Bridge and I think it's going to be interesting tomorrow to see what Tuchel does because he has as you said he has been a little bit more concerned to be defensively solid but this could be a game where if you press well high and if you um if you do you you know all of the things that we've talked about moving players around making sure you take your chances then there's no there's no chance that you're probably going to lose this so yeah I I think it'll be an interesting game tomorrow.
1: Mm. Dane?
2: Yeah, I hear a lot about Leeds. My son's best friend is a big Leeds supporter, so he relays a lot of stuff to me. And uh, something he mentioned recently was uh, trying to do ingredient passing on that pitch. Your home pitch at the moment is really bad. And he said... uh, what he thinks Leeds might do against Chelsea is, is similar to what they did against Southampton. He said, you didn't have a good first half, but in the second half you hit longer balls onto your wingers, you know, behind the Southampton defence and really caught them. And that's something you might do against us.
5: Don't yes.
2: Take a playing that short pass and on the pitch he said the pitch has been awful for a while.
5: Yeah. So our pitch was replaced. Um, just after Christmas because it was, yeah, we'd had lots of snow. So we've got a 25-year-old drainage system that's never been updated. We had a load of snow, as you know, over Christmas, and the pitch was getting worse and worse. And so we bought a pitch from Spurs and was in, it was implemented, yeah, just maybe January, February time. Um, and it really hasn't bedded very well. So one the one thing is it's super slippy. So players are all over the place. And like we've seen loads of Leeds players sort of, well, some of them have, have picked up injuries. Oriel um, Romelu from Southampton basically turned his ankle and broke his ankle on it. It's an absolutely awful pitch. And I'd be surprised if some teams aren't like complaining to the, to the FA about it, but um yeah, yeah, my we, yeah, we,
2: son said expect one of one or two of your players yeah, to get an injury. It's
5: absolutely awful, and I every game I'm in in fear of like which player we're going to lose and and how important they're going to be. But I guess here we are. But Leeds, Leeds have made some comments, as you said, about playing in a different way, like being like, well, we're just going to have to play the pitch that we've got, and and that against Southampton did involve sort of just going. Longer and quicker, and you can't uh, go
4: any other way other than kicking the ball up the pitch and running after it. <laughs> it <it's laughs> yeah, like, that's right, like puddle, you know.
5: <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 I think. It, and and Tuckle himself has made some comments about this. I'm sure you've, you've seen those yeah. just sort of sly digs about the pitch, which I mean is fair, fair, fair play because it is awful. But um, that will be fascinating to see how that comes into it as well.
1: Well, it will be, John, because I mean, actually, one of the things that's impressed me, well, there are many things that have impressed me. About what Tuchel's done, but one of them is is the fluidity with which Chelsea now seem to be passing. Not just out from the back and in defence, they're passing in between each other to get themselves out of trouble. But when they get it right, there's a really quick, you know, zippy bang, 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 and and it's it's a joy to watch when it works. But that ain't going to work on a on a on a second-hand pitch from Spurs.
5: No, I, but I do think that you know what what Tuchel has done is he's made everything very solid for you guys. You've got obviously mm. the back three. You've got the two players sitting in front of the back three, the wing backs who are able to to drop in. And it seems to me that very much what his approach has been is to be make sure we're defensively solid and we've got the players of the quality up front where we can pick goals off and I think you know regardless of how well the the pitch is at passing I think that will still function fine at Elland Road even and under those conditions Mm -hmm. that you can afford to be a little bit more defensive because you have that quality up front of players like Havertz and and Werner and uh, Mason Mount's absolutely on fire at the moment um, Hakim Ziyech as well again a player who's not performed particularly to the level that people expected but still a really really great player and then, and then you have players on the bench like Giroud and, and Pulisic as you've said um, mm-hmm. I think you can afford to to sit a little bit deeper and have just four players going up and then and, 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 and in the counter attack and then have other players join them later on but I think I think it will be fine I think he'll probably he probably will be a little bit more circumspect than maybe Lampard would have been in terms of going forward but I think it'll still probably work out if you can if you can sort of uh, press leads in wide areas we do a lot of our build-up in wide areas and then just expand really quickly with the ball um, I think you'll be fine to be Mm. honest.
4: Mm. Jorginho is not averse to a long ball as well so uh, (laughs) he isn't no you're right.
1: No he does like that and I mean actually they have been I mean that's another thing actually they've 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 mixed it up a bit which is good. John uh, we've got to let you go in a minute so uh, dare I ask you for a prediction?
5: Yeah, I don't, I'm not feeling great about this mm. this game. I'll be honest, um, but I think the the only thing that I will say is that y- you guys have been ha- have been defending as the best form of attack. So hopefully you'll go a little bit easy on us and uh, you'll you'll only win by a couple of goal goal margins. So I'll say two nil, mm. uh, but um, that's very much me being positive. Um, okay. But don't tell Leeds fans that. I, I won't. Said that.
1: Your secret's safe with us, John. Just to make <laughs> you feel a little bit better, it's 84 years since Chelsea have done the double over Leeds United.
5: Uh, that doesn't make me feel
1: better. Okay. Uh, but I, yeah. I'm trying. You know, come on, <laughs> give me some credit. At least I'm trying um john i i speak for all of us jonathan you you looked as you you look poised like a cobra you're about to say no, something the fact you've done the research chig i was protecting uh, taken aback. i'm not surprised mate it <laughs> doesn't happen very often john it's always a delight to see you i can I speak on behalf of all of us here we, we, we miss seeing you in in love sport towers actually because you you we would be coming out as you were going in as they say so always
4: mm. charming always yep. always charming
1: um i can't wish you any luck at all for tomorrow for obvious reasons <laughs> but uh You know, I think we've said it many, many times, you know, uh, we're we're very much of the view that that the Premier League and Chelsea needs teams like Leeds in it. And long may that rivalry continue, you know, so uh, I'm sure you'll stay up. You seem very confident that you will. And I don't see any reason to to doubt that at all. Uh, And hopefully we will we will see you in the not too dim and distant future.
5: Yeah, thanks, guys. It's always a pleasure coming on and, uh, yeah, good luck for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, cheers, mate. We appreciate that. Lovely Thank to you see you. You take care. There you go. That's uh, the lovely John McKenzie from uh, All Stats, Aren't We? Uh, go and check that out, actually. it's uh, John's a great thinker on football. He's not just a Leeds fan. He knows his onions, <laughs> so uh, well worth checking out. We'll see you soon, mate. You take care. Right, we will be back in a minute to uh, opine on our... Uh, preview of the Leeds United versus Chelsea match. It might be slightly different, it might be slip similar, you know, who can say? We'll see you in a minute.
0: Jetzt bei KFC. 34 Tage, 34 Angebote. Sicher dir jetzt legendäre Rabatte zu EM. Nur in der App und auf kfc.de. KFC, legendär lecker.
1: Fans, real
5: opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea
1: Football Fancast. Up the Chels. Football F-
3: Fancast.com.
1: OK, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast preview show, which means it's a Friday night, uh, which is just as well, because the match kicks off at half twelve tomorrow. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge, uh, and with me, as ever is the uh munificent jonathan Kidd?
4: oh that's lovely about, am i am i nice about other people oh okay yeah, yeah. I,
1: I love you both thank yeah, you yeah there you me. go and of course the king of the chelsea fancast instagram account mr dane whittle hello everyone lovely to Can see
4: I you i what i love I'm, I'm, I'm getting followers on um uh on instagram from chelsea fancast uh, um fans and um uh, and I think they're a bit disappointed when they see that all that I put on, on Instagram is pictures of flowers and, uh, oh, and petals. <laughs> rather than you know acute um analysis of football matches and whatever yeah. i'll play to the crowd now jonathan i know it's a picture of me by a pond.
1: It's put, a put, put some pond. blue pansies up there we go that's proper, oh, proper be good, proper
4: anything blue can i just make a point to you yes you said to john there you said well you know it's great to have you in the uh in the division and it's great to have t- clubs like you that are, i
1: love Leeds in the, in the division because we hate them, them. i know you
4: do yeah whereas yeah i i i, I luckily i've learned now not to not to, I've learned to hold my tongue. No, I no, almost... you don't, don't have no. to hold your tongue. I mean? should have come in with I don't. I don't want no, them no, in the you,
1: division. You, you, yeah, you, no, have you have did one of them up,
4: did you? I don't, I don't yeah. know. I know, but I thought. I thought this D-K was... Hated, him, one I don't. I don't want them in the division. I'd be quite happy if they went down <laughs> no, and down. Well,
1: oh, yeah, down but down. you should. You should. You should <laughs> say that. Like, I look, mate. Come on, you know. No, you, I like John very much. I don't want to be yeah, too. Late. I Yeah, want him to Come back on the program, don't I? I know. And he and he shaved all his hair off. I didn't want to be yeah, too cruel to him. Bit worried about. And I did. I did compare him to looking like John Hartson, which I thought was a bit below the belt.
4: Very well. I thought you were going to say your last
1: name, Dowie for a moment (laughs) oh no I would never accuse my worst enemy of looking like Ian Dowie never
4: but yeah but I thought no but you know because he said he'd had his beard cut off or I'd grown this huge beard he's still got a bloody beard you know I know
1: strange. Yeah. Anyway, but um, anyway, yeah. Just to say that I have no, no. no well, that's great. leads, I will never have. right No, I may. I've got no problem with that sure. personally. I, 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 like. I mean, okay. This has more resonance. I mean, we mentioned at the beginning of the show. It's a great sadness that we can't go up to Elland Road. One oh. of my, one of my favourite pictures of all time for Chelsea is that amazing picture that was taken uh, when we did play them in the five-one a few yeah. years back, and it looks yeah. like a scene out of um, Les Misérables. You know, a yeah. lot of very old, bald headed men with steam rising off them. And <laughs> it's just, that's what it's about. And I, you, I, give me Leeds United and the Premier League any day compared to a fucking Bournemouth so or a it. Watford. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, fuck off, you small, stupid, inconsequential clubs. I want yeah. proper rivalry with proper big teams having it out, you know, twice a season. I agree with that,
4: except for Leeds. I don't want them. in. Okay.
1: No. Well, I. I, I mean, you know, I, I would. If 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 I had to choose one club like that, I would say Spurs. I would like to see Spurs go out of existence, let alone Leeds. This
4: pitch that they borrowed from Spurs. Yeah. Is it, is it, is it, what's that all about? Is it probably it probably sand,
1: not grass? Knowing Levy. Exactly.
4: Was it? Was yeah. it what kind of? Was it is it plastic? Is off it the just, back
1: of a uh, lorry, mate? It's
4: become a Queen's Park Rangers nineteen eighties <laughs> Very weird, isn't is that it? What it is? But yeah. we,
1: we donated the pitch to Aldershot, if you remember, because we oh, yeah. had our youth playing there and we we re, re relayed it for them. So it does happen. Anyway, very quickly, Jake, I've had a very bizarre request which I know you will really enjoy fulfilling for the oh, yeah. people who are listening live in Mixler, the lovely keep the blue flag flying in north, as it were. Because no, I, no, I, no, I do. He just joined us on Patreon, actually. So I know he's from t- North, but no, you, no, it requires no guitar or singing. What no. he requires you to do, <laughs> what he requires you to do is to say, he says, do you know what sure. I miss? I miss the JK and we're live. <laughs> so you have to say we're live. I should
4: do that. I should do that a bit more often Occasionally, I've tempted and I think now I'm just showing off. Well, that's so. what he's asked for. Is it would and we're live
1: and we're live and we're live
0: and we're live?
1: There you go, there you go, mate. You've had five takes of that. Uh, JK never ever disappoints, anyway. Enough, 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 right? Uh, okay, so what, so what, no, shush, let's get on with the show. What we know, uh from the presser, obviously, is that there will be no Tammy and no Silver tomorrow. Uh both have had setbacks and injuring. And it was actually quite interesting to hear what Tuchel was saying about Tammy because he yeah. he did actually generally say he, he was concerned about, about Tammy, which is a bit of a worry, isn't it? Um I'm I'm worried about I listened to the uh London is blue uh pod with Matt Law uh today. Uh I clearly was very bored. No, no, I'm joking. Um he you know <laughs> <laughs> Dame giggled at that. Uh, it's very, very I, look. Actually, in all honesty, I, I I was so impressed. I nearly did a tweet. I've been very busy today, so I didn't. But I have to say that the the London is Blue boys are are becoming a very accomplished broadcasters. They really, really are. Um, so fair play to them. But Matt Matt was very interesting. In what he was saying about Tammy, he's a bit worried about Tammy and whether he'll he'll stick it out. I mean, he, they only gave. I think he made a really good point about the fact that. How many other clubs would only give their their top goalscorer for the, or, or leading goalscorer for the last two seasons a one year extension on his contract at that age? And that's what they've done, is yeah, it? Yeah, I thought Offered that was it? very very interesting. You know, so there we go. Anyway, they're out. We know uh, that. Isn't that a red rag? Isn't that saying we want you out? Isn't well, I, who knows? I mean, Matt 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 is is concerned. I think, yeah. Um, but anyway, we know Tammy and Silver are out. We know Tammy and Silver are injured. We know that Jorginho and Mount can't play against Atletico. Uh, and we all think, I think, that Havertz is going to start. So I think it's going to be a really interesting selection. And the question I'm going to ask you first, JK, is do you think that uh, Tuchel is going to have one eye on Atletico and therefore play Jorginho and Mount knowing he can't play them? Or will he try a different combo knowing that he can't play them against Atletico? thats It's kind of a really weird conundrum, is it not?
4: Very good point. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what uh, you know. The proof of the pudding will be in the eating when we when we look at the uh, look at the team selection. But um, yeah, it would make sense, wouldn't it? To uh, to well, I think he approaches every game according to who he's playing. He doesn't. He doesn't do the business of putting out a side that's doing well. He will. He will. Uh, uh, he will change it according to the strengths of the opposition and how how to negate them. He's that brighter man with his very impressive press conferences. He's very, um, despite English not being his first language, he's, uh, he's very on the ball and very impressive. Um, but no, so I I would think it would be likely that he'll pick the side that he thinks will beat Leeds and then he'll pick the side for Atletico that he thinks will beat Atletico. And I don't think if it means that Jorginho plays, um, uh, which I think it will, I think he will play because he... he, he 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 was found out a couple of times again with being rushed at by Everton because that's what Richarlison ran at him and so did Calvert-Lewin and whatever. But um, he was protected by the way that they're all set up at the moment. So it wasn't that bad a situation. Um, He's not it,
1: left as the last man as much, no, is he?
4: absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So then you're dealing with a, a, a very accomplished midfielder with a very, very swift ability to turn... Um, the situation round and and with very accurate passing, um, so you know um, uh, it, it, he's he's rediscovered him which is which is in a to an extent it's you know it, it, it's a, it, you know we mentioned Clough as being somebody who, and we mentioned Bielsa as making somebody making players into into players that they're not but he's he, as we keep going on about uh, Tuchel is very good at making players work in their best positions. And uh, as has Christensen been the case. And so um, uh, I think, as I say, he'll pick a side that he thinks will beat Leeds. And if it means it's uh, it's Kovacic and, and Jorginho, so be it. If he thinks it's Kante, it'll be Kante. I am not, I can't quite work out the Leeds' well, strength. I, I, was
1: gonna say, I'm, I have to say, I think it would make a lot of sense to play Kovacic and Jorginho together because that will give... You know, because I, I, I mean, the interesting. You know that thing I was talking about earlier on. I've done this. I might send it to you actually, because you're, you, I know you love a bit of this. But this spreadsheet that I've done, you can, say, you can tell I was, bo- I was either bored or on a mission today. I'm not quite sure which. But um, you know, Kante, uh is kind of. There are eleven players that have played a lot of minutes under Tuchel. Kante is just outside of that. But you could draw a line. You could literally draw a line under that eleven. But there is a sense to me that Tuchel really does understand that Kante has to be managed. Yeah. That he would love to play him in every match, yeah, but he right. knows that he can't, he can't, I, I think he, and I think he's right with this. Kante's not the kind of player you can say, mate just tone it down a bit for this match, maybe give me 80%. Because Kante plays 150% every match and he doesn't give one thought about getting injured. You know, he gives it all, he leaves it all. What a brilliant player what a player to have in your team he leaves it all out there so you have to you have to basically look after him because he can't look after himself protected him from himself
4: he massages him when he comes off the pitch. yeah, you know? yeah. it's he, a bit of a Vicks rub isn't it rubs we reckon? His arms and he rubs his chest yeah. and he comes, Everybody else gets a rub and you think that he's caring for him I think you're absolutely right I don't think he'll play tomorrow I think he'll be a sub and mm. uh, and I think he'll play obviously he'll play in the Atletico game but he
1: has to doesn't he he has to yeah him absolutely. and Kovacic yeah yeah, yeah definitely so um danio um that being the case um where do you stand i mean you know it'll be real i think it's equally intri- i mean this is the thing we were saying earlier on isn't it? there's a real conundrum about the combination getting the right combination up front i i absolutely agree with what you were saying earlier on that he's playing with Werner a lot to try and get a tune out of him try and get that confidence back because i think he probably understands better than most what a great player we've got on our hands if we can get him scoring again um Incidentally, Hudson Odoi was, I thought, really, really good uh, against Everton in in that slightly different role, not a wing back. But Hudson Odoi's been—it's been strange under Tuchel. He gets subbed an awful lot, and I mm. wonder what's going on with that. And then we've, of course, we've got Havertz who played brilliantly against Everton. I mean, I would be amazed if he doesn't start Havertz again to see if he can like tap into a bit of a rekindling of form that he's got. And, of course, he's still got Mount to fit back in as well. So he, he's he got a... And, of course, Pulisic, which is what I really want to get onto, to, you know. But I think Pulisic is way down that list at the moment.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, and Zaych as well.
0: well
2: uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got... I think, you know, although I'm going to go against one, one of my heroes here, Kerry Dixon, who's, who's always said it's the players, it's not the tactics. Oh, and he clearly knows a lot more than I do uh probably forgotten a lot more than I do as, as well but he ZH was bought for a certain system and now we're not playing that system ZH needs space needs runners needs pace in front of him and under this cool system he hasn't got that he's uh he's part of a a three the only attacking three in the team and there's a lot of pressure on and sometimes if he's playing like Giroud or someone else there's not a lot of pace or space so I feel sorry for ZH. there he's He's quite limited to how he can uh, play. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think uh, Havertz ha- showed a real lot of class. You know, he, a lot of the games early on in the season, he, when Frank was playing more attacking and more free, uh, he was gliding through games. And we, you know, some of us on Chelsea fans remember talking talked about him being like a Rolls Royce. And again, uh, the other night he looked like a Rolls Royce. He glided through. He looked so dangerous. He's got that that, that pace as well that doesn't look obvious, but when he gets past people, you know, he gets past them with, with, with quite a lot of ease. So I think he's given uh he's given a, a welcome headache. And now what well, if the next two games it could be like, you know, who he's gonna fit either side. You would think because Havertz comes deep, the the great thing would be to have Pace getting in behind him uh if he is playing a false nine. But you know it's gonna be Callum. It's gonna be he's not gonna play Mason anywhere else.
1: Well, that's the interesting thing for me. Uh, I think that's a really good point, actually, Dan. Because you know, we we know how Beals is going to play. I mean, I, I do think it's interesting, actually, how pulling in the pitch is and how how that may or may not affect things. But we know how Beals is going to play. They press very high. They they try and steal the ball in midfield. They're very energetic in midfield. But if they lose the ball, you can rip them apart. But you mm. can only do that if you're good on the counter and you've got pace up there. So that means for me, you know, you've got. On form at the moment, that means you've got, well, I say form. Werner can't, you know, score score to save his life at the moment, but he know he's got great pace and he can get in behind them. You can say the same about Callum, certainly. I mean, we used to say this about Pulisic. This would be the perfect game. Last season, if we were playing this last season, Pulisic would be the first on the team sheet because that's what he does best. But I don't know if you can say that right now.
2: What about Pulisic? Mm. Well, I, you know, as I, I was talking to you off and I was saying, you know, I've had 30 years of separating, uh, the, the USA national team and Chelsea, USMNT and I all, man. And I, I was, I was quite happy that we, I didn't really ever want us to buy anyone because then, you know, there's, you, you get that and you're going to get a franchise sort of fan from America who, as we see with a lot of criticism, Frank was getting last year, you know, they follow the player, they don't follow the club and they get very critical if he's not playing, you know, and, uh, I can imagine, you know, friend of the show, Brian Wolfe's eyes will be rolling now when I mention <laughs> the, US, the USA national team. Uh, would, but obviously, biasly, I would prefer, you know, our, our better players to be playing because it only benefits the national team. It's not too much of a concern at the moment. You know, we haven't got a World Cup coming up, but we've got the CONCACAF uh, Gold Cup, which is like our version of the Euros. But there's never anyone any good in it. You know, they usually stroll through the groups.
1: Honduras, stage. mate.
2: They usually stroll through the group stages, and then then you can make and three lose to changes. Mexico. Oh no! Yeah, free <laughs> changes. You can make free changes after the group stages, and that's when you usually bring the the bigger players in. Uh, but you know, ultimately, Chelsea's my number one, and a, uh, Christian has not played well this year. Frank was very loyal to him early on, played him a hell of a lot, and apart from actually scoring against uh, Leeds, it seemed like the more he played, the more. More confusing. He, he, it didn't look like an assist was coming, let alone a goal with him. Frank kept on playing him, so ultimately you can't, you can't, you can't complain at the moment. You know we know what he can do off the bench. If we think just off the top of my head, last season, uh Ajax away, he come on, uh, set up Bashwai, Same against Southampton away and Liverpool away, he was tremendous. Come on, scored, set up Tammy and, and ripped Liverpool apart for that twenty-five minutes. So we know he can do that off the bench. So. He isn't getting a chance. He's got to show that, whether it's twenty-five minutes or thirty minutes or ten minutes, he's got to show that willingness. Tuchel did say that he's gone to play him twice, and because of personal reasons, he he missed one game. And he said the Barnsley game. Uh, well, let's be honest, no one really played well. But the worrying thing was, if he if he does get picked tomorrow, what they stand about this Leeds pitch? It clearly won't suit a lot of
1: them anyway. well That is a real worry given the players that we've got. I mean, for my own mind, J.K. Bearing in mind what we, we've been saying. I, I think he'll, you know, Mendy, uh, Christensen, Rudiger, Aspie. I think he'll play... Ooh, Chilwell. Hmm? Chilwell. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Chilwell, yeah, yeah. I think he'll play Chilwell, not not Alonso. And I think he'll play Hudson-Odoi, not James, because I think he's got that pace. And I think he, you know, I think... We're, 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 well, I mean, Leeds are a threat going forward, obviously, but I, I think he might play Hudson-Odoi because I think he'll play Mount, Havertz and Werner, as the three not from.
4: Yeah, it makes sense to me. Yeah. I think he might then take a doy off and put James on for the second half if it's not working. Yeah. Which is a shame. And I think that's the trouble. I think you were saying it's a problem with the Doy that he gets taken off. But I, I think he just he, he appraises the situation and uh, and appreciates that, that James is kind of half of the two. James is a better defender but excellent coming forward to pay the wing back than a doy is excellent going forwards and but not as good as James as a defender. So he 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 seems to work out which is which fit, fitting the the system and the opponent is
1: playing. Yeah. You know? I mean, Hud Hugg- Callum's only had one match where he's lasted the entire ninety minutes, and that was against Barnsley. So he's either lasted like seventy-three, sixty-five, seventy-eight, eighty, sixty-six, or I mean, of course, there's the the memorable match against Southampton where he got got hooked after half an hour. But he's he he comes on for, you know the odd, uh, you know, 20 minutes here and there. But, I mean, on the whole, he he gets hooked. I mean, the interesting thing is, though, he would still... I mean, I worked out, based on, on minutes played, uh, this would be our 11, right, on minutes played. And this is interesting, bearing in mind what we've been saying. Mendy, Aspilicueta, Christensen, Rudiger, obviously because Silva's been injured for uh, quite a while now. Uh, James, Kovacic, Jorginho, Alonso... Mount Hudson Adoy Werner. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that they've played all those minutes in those positions, but those are the eleven who have played the most minutes under Tuchel, and you could actually make a team out of that. It's interesting, isn't it?
4: I, but it, we, he played Zuma, didn't he, the other day? You
1: just what, what
4: was that? Was he giving Rudiger a risk? I think
1: he was. Yeah, yeah. You know. Exactly. Same with Mount. Although you and I had a bit of a tiff about that, or you you were just winding me up, weren't you? I was winding you You up. You were. You were. So there you go. So it's going to be very interesting. I mean, that's how I think we're going to play. How do you how do you see it going, Dane?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. Like J.K. said, I think Chilwell will play. You know, we we've seen in recent weeks. You know, I think he had a really good game against Liverpool. He's he's got more of a. a, He's you know he, he can put a good ball in. He can put good passes. He is dangerous like Alonso. I don't think he gets enough credit on that. Uh, but he's obviously, you can tell we're too cool. Like JK said, you know, I it sounds obvious he's going to pick a team that he thinks is going to be Leeds. It's literally that because going back to Chilwell, you know, we see, saw him play two good games in a row. Next, uh, and instead of you think you'd carry on that momentum, no, Alonso came straight back in in the last game, you know, set up a goal, and, and we won 2 0. So he does base it literally on that on that game and different circumstances, different setup, and a different team. And uh, I like what what we said earlier with Havertz, maybe with the pace behind him. I'd possibly prefer to Werner and Hudson O'Doy, but I think he's going to put Mount in there, and maybe like JK said as well, put Hudson O'Doy on as on, on, on a right wing back. As the game progresses, he'll bring James on just to uh, just to defend it solidified up. Solidified yeah, probably.
4: yeah, yeah. Jk, um, he he. Um, he said in the presser today, actually, the first bit. I don't. I never understood why the second half is never is never for public domain, is it? It's always that's this seems to be the, the the proper newspapers. You just get other questions from others first of
2: all. Yeah, the first it, part's it,
1: the broadcasters. It's the broadcasters yeah
4: like you jk i
2: really like to watch him he he reminds you know he's got his tone to his voice is so interesting and he answers a question you know he, he goes off like all side roads to a question and he like really brings you in and it's something similar to remember as a kid watching jackanory you know i'd with, <laughs> with, with with the tone in his without obviously him telling stories but... window dame what window is <laughs> i don't i don't know but he, he's got this comforting voice and he just he, you know he he
4: mesmerizes me sometimes with just how he talks, and he's such an intelligent, yeah, interesting man, he and he's, he's very impressive. But he actually said he was asked a question about whether how the season would progress. I didn't know about certain players, didn't he? he? Said I do it game by game. Yeah. But the next game is important, you know, because they were, He was. I think the question was, will you end up? Uh, are you looking to play second? Are you are you looking to be third? And he said, I go game by game. If you win every game. The position in the league is taken care of, and
1: he's right. You know you can't I mean I know it's an old trite cliche but there is truth to it and 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 there you know you can't argue with that. Right, Dane, stick her stick a number on it then. What are you going to go for?
2: Uh actually sorry I was going to change the subject quickly because on, I remembered someone uh, said he's not as liked in Germany uh and we haven't seen it yet which brought me to how much we was intrigued by Sarri when he first come with his tactical analysis. How how lively Frank was, Conte as well. And we're seeing the two cool beginning now, and everyone loves him. But the uh, German journalist said, "No, no, you know, when it when it goes against him, he gets well moody. He, he he has a go at the press, the journalists. Everyone, you, that's why he's not well liked. He's not a good well, who is a, a good loser in football? But it just makes me laugh how we're all praising him now, and yeah, we, well, we can just see it turn again. Well,
1: Matt Matt Law said that that this week, didn't he? He said that the real the real test will be when we lose, and to see mm-hmm. how he reacts to that. And I I agree with that." What's you going I mean, by the way, talking of predictions and the old Prem Predictions League. In fact, if you haven't got your predictions in for this week, then you better get a move on because the Newcastle Villa game's already kicked off. And on this point, I would like to say that Dane has shot up yet again. Dane is the Leeds United of the Chelsea FanCast Premier Predictions <laughs> League. He either gets it horribly wrong and like gets minus three hundred and fifty points, or he gets it ridiculously right. Last, I think he was the winner of the whole whole league last week. I but think there's
2: a room I'm the only one from the fan cast still in the cup as well. But oh, I maybe didn't bother there's...
1: going into that, mate. I forgot all oh, I about that.
2: I don't know how. I thought you just automatically go into it because I didn't do anything any different. I just thought oh, they, right. if you're within like the top 600, you automatically go in the draw. Oh, well, that might like be that.
1: why I didn't get anywhere near it then. Too. Oh, <laughs> but you shot up above me. You're now. I think Martin still. Martin and Marco might still be above you. Marco had a horrible week last week.
2: Yeah, I think I might have just gone above him yeah. because he had a stinker of a week. There. Yeah, but
1: you were below me before that. Before it kicked yeah, off you know, last. Well, week.
2: Like you said, I'm. I'm. You know, I'm uh, hot or cold, shit or I, bust,
1: I, mate. Yeah, and, I'm.
4: Uh, I'm. I'm hot or cold, shit or bust. Within the week, I go, <laughs> I go forty, and then minus forty. So it all sort of, you know. I
1: it's ridiculously fun. I mean, there's a game I used to play called Perudo. I don't know if you've ever come across a game because it's a dice game, and uh, it was beloved of Stephen Fry, who wrote the little thing you quite often get on the on the box of these games. He said it's the second most addictive thing to come out of second uh, South America, which uh, is is a bit like the Premier Predictions League. It's horribly addictive. It's great fun. Um, it's a bit late now, I suppose, with only ten games left, but we will be doing it again next year. So, I mean, I, I encourage as many people to get involved as possible we have a lot of fun with it and it really mm-hmm. pissed me off when I saw Dane shoot above me last week
4: <laughs> I've gone for draws this week have you that yeah, made them all draws
1: yeah mate I, I tell you I'm playing I, I I'm now in that stage where I'm 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 kind of resigned to the fact that I'm going to f- finish around mid-table and I'm now playing the percentage game so I there's quite a <laughs> quite a lot of two ones coming out at the moment for me you know And I tell you what's even worse, because I mean, I get this in the Discord group too, because the lovely Joe Mingola Mingola is in there, who's been the leader for nearly the entire season, Mm. bless him. And he and I often make exactly the same prediction. And I keep saying to him, I said, Joe, if that's the case, how the fuck am I 19th and you're (laughs) top? You know, he says, oh, Chidge, man, I'm really sorry, you know, because I've had the same as you and that's really shit. I say, yeah, But you're still top. How does that work? If I'm predicting the same as you every week, you know, he's lying. Chid. I don't think he is because I can see all of your scores. You see, I can. I can go into the website and check it all out. But anyway, it's great fun. And uh, well done, Dane. I mean, that's really what oh, I wanted you. to say. I, mean, I could save oh, five minutes, but just saying, well done, Dane. You've done very, oh, yeah. very well. I'm so, glad anyway, someone noticed. Yeah. Anyway, are we are going to get a prediction out of you for this one? Well, I, I'm not going to
2: change my... I went with 2-0 on my head. And I know John predicted that, but that's what I had in my head. And that's what I predicted in our in our league. So that's what I'm going to say. 2-1. 2-0, 2-0, 2-0. J.K.?
4: I'm the same. It's the only one I didn't put as a draw. And it's 2-0, I'm afraid. OK,
1: well, I've gone 3-1, which is the only one that I've actually predicted anybody will score three goals. So in, for me, that's kind of really going out there. Who's going to score,
4: though, Chidge? We haven't got any goals scorers. Well,
1: we'll get a penalty because Leeds have actually, um, they, Leeds have, no side has faced more penalties than Leeds in this Premier League campaign at eight. It'll be a penalty on what earth,
4: an own goal.
1: Uh, very possibly, and uh, and then maybe Havertz will score because he, I mean, he could have had three last week. Werner will be offside despite scoring a decent goal. Yeah, very probably. I don't know; just got a feeling we will. Although I am very, very worried about hearing about that pitch. Let's hope there are no injuries. Anyway, good luck. We got to beat Dirty Leeds. I mean, there is nothing finer than doing that. I mean, mm-hmm. and I have to say, I mean, you know, seriously, I, I don't know about you two, but I, I have a feeling that sooner or later we are going to dish out hammering to somebody. We can't be this hopeless in front of goal for this we said
4: long. That, we said that under Frank, and
2: yeah, um, yeah,
1: what happened? Well, I know. I mean, I just
2: uh, but there's the flip though, Chid. Uh, sooner or later, we might also lose, and it comes a bit unstuck. I, was it? Was it? Was it years ago when we when Marino won on that good run and then we went up to Man City and lost one nil.
1: Yeah, oh, but we should oh, never yeah. have lost. That was on. That yeah. was from a dodgy penalty given to Anelka. There's no way we. Sh- that was the only match we lost in the whole season. And we should never sure, have lost uh, it. But we, uh, it's a we disgrace. Yeah,
2: I remember going up to Leeds as a teenager. It was 2-0 down when I think John Spencer scored a couple. 1-3 2 it, it was a great day.
1: I'm going to read you this out because you're going to like this. This is from the, uh, the pre-match briefing. Rick, Rick and Paul Dutton's pre-match briefing on the on the, on the the official website. Luis Felipe Scolari is the only Chelsea coach prior to Thomas Tuchel... Who, uh, to have started his career at the bridge with an 11-game unbeaten run across all competitions. Goose Hiddink did the same, but in his second caretaker spell at the club. Big Phil extended his run in 2008 to 12, comprising nine wins and three draws before losing 1-0 to Rafa Benitez-Liverpool in game number 13 through a Jose Boswinger own goal. So, we, I mean, I don't mean to play a downer here at all, but history tells you that this is crunch time. You know that the, the defeat's going to come around around this kind of mark. But hopefully not tomorrow, because not against Dirty leads. If it's then twelve, that'll that'll get rid of that jinx, won't it? No, he's got to win thirteen. Okay, so we've got two to go. Yeah, you? yeah, yeah. Well, not win, but but be unbeaten for the. Yeah, be unbeaten. Yeah. But that's just at the beginning, because remember Conte did that amazing kind of 17-18 match run. Anyway, enough of this prattle. We need to let you go. Before we do, I've got a couple of a very big shout outs. The first one, of course, is uh, um I'm doing the big virtual sleep out uh with the Chelsea Supporters Trust in aid of the wonderful Stoll veterans, many of whom are homeless and get cared for by Stoll a lot of them have got uh, PTSD and all sorts of horrible things they need a lot of help and they are our neighbors so we're all trying to raise money for a very good cause by sleeping out uh, on march the 27th and uh, i informed my wife of this tonight that i'm because she likes to use the garage or the shed as her kind it's like her man cave where the loft is mine so i informed her that i'm 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 taking over her man cave for the night and do you know what she said this, this is this is true love me oh i'll come and sleep with you she said and I, oh. isn't that lovely? Isn't, isn't that's that lovely? Sponsor her as well, then. Well, I said, "No, come on!" <laughs> I said, "Don't be silly." I said, "You know, you, you don't have to go through that." She said, "Oh, and I'll make you a nice bed and things." I said, "No, no, 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 no!" I said, "The whole point is, it has to be uncomfortable. That's that's the real point of it." Uh, and I and I've heard that there are people who are apparently sleeping in their living room floor. No, far too comfortable. Don't worry about me. I'm going to fortify myself with half a bottle of Ockentoshan in front of my fire pit before I settle down. But I will be sleeping on the very cold concrete floor of my garage. Uh, And if you would like to sponsor me for a very, very good cause, all you have to do is go to my at Stanford Chidge Twitter page. And I've pinned the details uh, for the Virgin money-giving fund on there. So if you want to sponsor me... You'll be very lovely, and I might even mention you in dispatches on the Fancast, but there you go. Now, the other really big piece of news, uh, after the success of the, uh, you know, football prizes John Terry signed shirt, um, I didn't watch the draw live because I was busy in a meeting, but I went back and watched it, and it's quite exciting. They do the draw live on uh on Facebook, and they have one of those machines like they have with the National Lottery Balls. So they put balls in with num- numbers on there, and, uh, and it automatically whizzes around, and then Bill picks one out. And I can't believe it. I mean, Daryl, who's in in, uh, in Mixler tonight, Daryl Middleditch, he was 48, and they picked out ball number 49. But I saw a lot of familiar names, a lot of fancast listeners on there, but I don't think it was a fancast listener that won, which is very, very sad. Um, but it's easy to do. All you have to do is you go to... Uh, footballprizes.co.uk product slash Eden uh, Eden uh, dash Hazard because that is the next prize it's an Eden Hazard signed shirt framed beautifully framed uh, and you basically pay £4.95 for a ticket and you get entered into the draw and I think they sell about 100 tickets and they've sold half of them already so if you want to have a crack at winning an eden hazard signed and framed shirt get on it now people uh the draw takes place next wednesday uh it closes at half 7 the draw takes place at about 9 i think um but it's great fun and we're doing this every week so there'll be loads of goodies there might even be don't don't tell anybody i said this dane all right but i've heard a rumor that there might be some Pulisic signed boots yeah so, real goodies like that. Boots, uh, signed. And memor- anyone who likes
2: him in my house, though. They're all Mount fans, Are they <laughs> Well, I bet you
1: they'll, they'll beat some Mount merch. I can absolutely mm, guarantee we love Mason in it. Every week, we're going to be uh, promoting this and, you know, go and buy yourself a ticket for... If four- You can buy more than one ticket. You don't have to just buy one, but it's four ninety five a ticket. And then it goes to a draw on a Wednesday evening. And if you get uh, your number pulled out, then you win. It's that simple. So, get on it, Pete. J- JK's just looking st- uh, dumbfounded... <laughs> He's wondering what he'd like to win. He, I can you can almost see the cogs <laughs> going in his head, can't you? I thought he froze. <laughs> um, i thinking in terms of
0: but
4: if you then buy ten tickets and you spend fifty quid, you you've spent fifty quid that you probably could, could have gone to a site and bought some. EBay. <laughs> yeah, yeah fifty quid. Well then yeah. don't
1: don't spend fifty quid, you great Nana. I mean, my my understanding of these things is that most kind of merch, signed merch and memorabilia like that which is framed you're looking about 2 300 quid in my experience remember that remember those people we used to work with chelsea fan 12 that's what they did they just did memorabilia and it was all kicking out for about a couple of 100 quid 2 300 yeah. quid so you know if you win if you win a, a hazard signed shirt and you've spent 5 quid you absolutely you you nailed it, haven't you? But
4: if you failed for for twenty weeks, you spent a hundred quid. Well,
1: then you know you win some, you lose some, mate. That's 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 competition for you, isn't it? That's the yeah. luck of the draw, yeah. mate. I'm just pointing out to those people who think, yeah, I'm going to win for five. Well, I mean, you know that you don't. Nobody's forcing you to enter into it, J.K. But no, yeah. but I'm just I'm giving the you know the glass of... half empty or glass half full. Yeah. You you've spent too long. <laughs> you spent too long in a voiceover booth reading terms and conditions very quickly. <laughs>
3: <laughs> ah, ah. you're
1: absolutely
4: right yeah i do that quite quickly actually apparently. go on then
1: no i am mean, just tell of
4: of No, you can, <laughs> right, you can do it like that Terms of, of or you apply. Oh or you have to do um your house will be uh, uh i must remember this i've got to do this so often um if we do not keep up repayments on a house I'm like, i can't do it I, I need to have it written out in front of me then i'll do it but yeah, yeah you have to do it um four times as quickly, but be very enunciated. Yeah. But they have a machine to do that for you now. Yeah, pitch skill
1: pitch controller, pitch changer. Yeah, the, the skill. So you, you end up sounding,
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember when I used to make TV ads and stuff that uh, in the days when they started to bring in, you know, terms and conditions, it went from having to have them all on the screen, which took out nearly all the screen, or having the voiceover artist read them out in longhand to... See terms and conditions. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which made a lot more sense.
4: Funny enough, some people just have to go. T's and tea apply. Yeah, T's That's and C's
1: apply. Do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, on that bombshell, uh, I think we should go and leave these poor, poor, long-suffering people alone. It's—I oh, have to say—I I so enjoy doing the Friday show. It's really great fun. We get some great people on, and uh, we have a bit of a that laugh. Was
4: excellent, wasn't it excellent, John? Excellent, John McKenzie.
1: Yeah, and Liam, of course. Liam was excellent as well. Liam's always good value. Do like Liam.
4: So there there you go. We're about to discuss something with Liam that, in fact, he's writing an article on and we all, and he can't reveal what he's written. I always feel slightly... Oh, I'm just treading on his toes slightly. Ooh, no,
1: no, to no, to but he got to tease it, like Adam did the other week, you know. The, so yeah, there you yeah. go. They, they, that, that, I like that. It's nice that we can do that. It's nice that they're mates. Anyway, enough. JK and myself will be back on Monday evening, of course, for the usual Chelsea fan cast uh, to look back, of course, at the match against Leeds. And of, oh, we're going to be looking ahead to the massive, mahusive match on Wednesday night uh, against Atletico Madrid for a place in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, no less. Who'd have thunk it? Uh, and we will be joined by Tony Glover and uh, Dean Mears on Monday night, so that'll be fun. Uh, and I can't even remember who's on with us next Friday, but it'll be great, because it always is. So there you go. People of Mixler, thank you for joining us live. You are lovely and we love you. Uh, Dane, always great to see you.
2: Oh, actually, yeah, Why you mentioned Dean Mears, I'd like to say... Uh my new partner in crime congratulations to him oh. he, he, he and, he and his wife announced they were expecting a new child so yeah they're bringing another chelsea fan into the world bless them yeah 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 uh, Yeah. thank you for having me you know i really like this setup uh, it, it comes from a lot of different angles and i really like it uh, Thank you for having
1: me on. No, it's always a pleasure having you on, Dana. Thank you for your sterling work on, on our Instagram account. Oh, you're more than welcome. Yeah, without which, well, we wouldn't have one, really, if it was left up to me, because <laughs> I don't know how to use it. So uh, I'm going to have to learn, aren't I, for the big sleep out, because apparently we're supposed to take videos and stuff. I used to do a
2: couple of live videos, uh, live
1: Instagram stories. You have to give me some coaching beforehand. And okay, I'll do, yeah, it's do, quite straightforward. Yeah. I'll do yeah. some live ones on the Chelsea Fancast account. Hmm. You know, donate money now to this address, terms and conditions apply. <laughs> Something like <laughs> that. <laughs> it really good, <could>, actually. <laughs> About yes.
4: 30, years, Thirty years out of date, but it was oh, really... very.
1: I should do one of those. I, I used to love those ads with the kind of the the really deep, menacing American voice. Coming to a cinema near you soon. You know, don't go outside because it's frightening. I like that one.
4: They all started off, didn't they? This summer.
1: This oh, summer. Then it was <laughs>
4: this this winter.
1: This well, fall. Yeah. This, this summer will be very hot. This winter will be very cold. Yeah, something like that. I used to love those. I don't know why. I, just, I always wanted to meet the guy who did them to see if he really did talk like that. Thank it's you probably do. you, wasn't it?
4: No, I'd love it to have been me yeah. out of a yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Anyway, we, we are really so going off. To I mean, we started talking about bloody Andre <laughs> Tarkovsky films and we've ended up doing ridiculous. Only on the Chelsea fan cars would this happen. Anyway, uh, JK, always lovely to see you, old, old Bean. Lovely to be on the show. Brightening Lovely. up my Friday evening. Um, yeah. yeah.
4: Enjoy,
1: Enjoy the game tomorrow. And I look forward to talking about it with you on Monday.
4: I will be there. Look forward to seeing you on um, WhatsApp and um, Discord.
1: Yes, indeed. Now, of course, by the way, people, don't forget, I will be guest appearing uh, lower down the bill than Dane and Dean. But I will be guest appearing on that Chelsea podcast tomorrow Afternoon, after the Leeds match, I have no idea when they put it up, but that I means you get a double dose of my nonsense. So I warn you now. But there you go. On that great point, uh, thank you all for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it shells. Oh,
5: up chills. the shells. <laughs>
0: Finde, was du brauchst, auf StockX.com.